Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Meatistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. You're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and CJ Berryman. everybody welcome to the ranger reporter podcast we are joined tonight by chris halleck from sports illustrated's inside the rangers chris how you doing uh doing pretty good how are you guys doing doing well all right well let's start you tweeted about this earlier we're recording this on a saturday night uh owen white won the uh player of the year for the afl i believe and uh, he had an era of below two uh and he's not even one of the rangers top 10 prospects yeah so he he's been this has been a guy who's been kind of I want to say came out of nowhere, uh, obviously, but he's definitely been j- just because, you know, you have guys like Jack Leiter and Cole Wynn, uh, you know, highlight and, you know, up until he was traded Hans Kraus, you know, uh, and now Ricky Venasco, uh, you have, you know, other pitching prospects that are, you know, people are getting excited about and you have guys like Owen White who are being kind of forgot about Avery Weems is another guy. And these guys are, uh, they're talented. This, and I don't think that this is, uh, an outlandish statement. This is probably the deepest the Rangers have ever been in terms of pitching prospects and what Owen white is doing or what he did in the Arizona fall league is, um, is I won't say proof of that, but it's definitely just more evidence of it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like I said in the tweet, you know, when we were talking with John Daniels on, on Friday, and, you know, his name was brought up, you know, he brought up a really good point that Arizona is a hitter's paradise. Uh, um, the, the, the ball travels easily. Uh, it's been super hot, obviously, throughout the entire summer. So the ground is, uh, the ball is going <laughs> to, it, it's going to move insanely fast because all the ground is so dry there. Um, and they just, um, it, it's, it's, if you have an ERA of three and a half or four, you, you are like pitching lights out. So for him to have an ERA under two, uh, it, it just goes to show just how talented he is. And he obviously had the, the issue this year, you know, he, he had the setback whenever he, you know, punched the mound and he, you know, hurt his hand and that, you know, prevented him from pitching uh, a full season this year. Uh, otherwise Owen White would probably be just as talked about as the, as some of the other pitching pitching prospects, but I think he's showing exactly how talented he is and he probably won't be the number 29 prospect uh, in the top 30 um, for the Rangers, either on baseball America or MLB.com next year. I think um, he's going to move up as long as he continues on this trajectory. Uh, but the future is bright for, for Rangers pitching. That's for sure. I want to talk about Starling Marte. 
Starling Marte. I mean, the Rangers are are, are interested, uh, and at least that's what I, I mean. I haven't personally had a source tell me uh, that uh, they're going hard after Marte or anything like that. But uh, I know other MLB national reporters like John Heyman have r- reported uh, the Rangers having interest in Marte and. <clears throat> kind of like I said on the site a few days ago, and I was specifically talking about shortstops, but I think that this is pretty much across the board. If there's a big name free agent out there, uh, the Rangers are going to have interest right now. Uh, they have a, a boatload of money to spend um, and they need to, ha- they need to cast a wide net. They don't need to be going hard after one or two guys. This is not the 2019 20 winter where they were going hard after one guy. And Anthony Rendon, there are five Anthony Rendons to go after along with some pretty good outfield free agents, along with some pretty good starting pitching free agents. This is a wide, they need to cast a wide net. So interest in Marte, uh, I have no reason to doubt that whatsoever. Um, and as for Marte himself, the, the age kind of concerns me just a little bit, not, not because I think he's going to decline fast or anything. Um, even though his style of play, I do begin to wonder how much longer he can sustain um, a, a season where he steals 49 bases or 47 bases, however many it was this year. Um, just because I think he's 33 or 34. I don't have the, I have it off the top of my head, but uh, his age doesn't fit the Rangers timeline to me. Now, if the Rangers sign him, it's a, it's a, it's a win. If, because if the Rangers sign any big free agents this, this winter, it's a win because that drastically improves their chances of being better next year. But as we've noted multiple times this winter, what they do this winter, it's not about next year. It's about what they do this winter. It's about the, what they do next winter. It's about the, what they do next summer during the draft. It's about all of those things, more accumulation of talent, both in free agency and trade in the draft, then in free agency and trade again. And then probably 2023 is when the foot gets put down on the gas pretty hard and they go hard for it. Now, Marte could be a part of that if they sign him to a four, maybe five-year deal. Um, but I think if you're going to invest four or five years in a player, you'd like for that player to be maybe what Marte, how old Marte is now compared to being 38 or 39 by the end of the contract. So that's why I don't think the age makes sense. However, if they were to sign him, it's definitely not a bad thing for sure. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Now you mentioned shortstops. I know you've been hard in on Correa, which by the way, that would be fantastic if they could get him, but that's going to be expensive. Also, I've heard they kicked the tires on Trevor story a little bit. I don't know if it was you or Jeff Wilson. Someone reported that they've kicked the tires. They kind of talked to his agent. So first of all, is anything going to happen before the possible lockout? Do you think? And second of all, what do you think the odds of a big name shortstop coming here are? So when, when it comes to, okay, so when it come, first, when it comes to the market, um, the market is moving faster than expected. And I, everybody who I've talked to, um, I even had one person in the Rangers organization tell me that they, that the market is moving faster than anticipated. Uh, John Daniels um, publicly said that on Friday, um, whenever we were, I mean, we really weren't talking to him about free agency or trades. This was really 
our meeting with him was more about Chris Woodward's extension and um, uh, a bit about the 40 man roster and setting, you know, prote- you know, about who they protected and everything, but just the little bit that, that he did say, he did mention the market is moving faster. So them leaving three spots open on the 40 man roster kind of lets me, that's an indication to me. If I'm reading the room, that's an indication to me that they anticipate to make at least one move before the lockout starts. Uh, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they didn't make a move. Um, so that, that's what I think there, uh, just because of the, the way the market's moving right now. Um, it's definitely gone faster than, like I said, than anticipated. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And it, it, it kind of makes sense to me the, of the reason why it's moving faster, just because, um, guys want security. They want to know where they're going. They don't want to wait until, you know, possibly, you know, February 1st or February 5th, we know whenever a CBA gets, uh, gets negotiated. And then all of a sudden they've got a week or two to scramble and try to figure out who the heck they're going to be playing for, you know, in a week or two. So, um, it kind of makes sense to me why the market's moving a little faster. Um, as for the shortstops, I don't know who they're going to get. I, at this point, though, I'd be surprised if they did not land one of the big free agent shortstops. Um, I know, I, I think it was Evan Grant who reported that they had at least met Trevor with Story. Story. Um, Story. And I did have I did have a source of my own confirm that that they did host uh, Trevor here uh, to to corroborate that report by Evan. So um, they did. Uh, they have met with with Trevor. Uh, they. Uh, met with Scott Boris during the GM meetings uh, and Scott Boris represents both Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. Um, I had a source tell me that they have also met with Semien, uh, but I, I, I don't really, I had one source tell me that. And I, I usually try to, you know, have multiple sources tell me the same thing before I go ahead and report something. So I, I at least know for a fact that they did at least meet with Scott Boris and he represents Semyon, so there's definite interest there. And the fact that there's other been, also been other reporters saying that there's interest there, they have interest in everybody. Uh, just to kind of reiterate that, they have interest in everybody. So I'd be surprised with the, with the money that, that, that they can spend because they can match any offer and they can outbid any offer with the amount of money they have to spend because they have the ability to spend you know, between 80 and $100 million this, this winter. Um, that would give them plenty of room to offer a, a $250 million contract or $300 million contract, or maybe even more. Um, I, it, I don't know who, uh, I think I even said it on, on my own podcast, uh, that I think the most likely name is Trevor story. Um, just not only because of the hometown ties, but, um, the fact that there might not be as many suitors for Trevor as there are for Carlos or Corey. I do. I have had sources tell me that Chris Woodward covets Corey Seager more than any of the other ones. And that doesn't surprise me because of their connections in LA. So there's, again, there's going to be interest in all of those guys in, in, in for a variety of reasons, obviously Correa or Seager are going to cost more money in more years than Trevor or, or Marcus Semyon. So, but either way, if they land one of those four guys, uh, that's a huge win for the Rangers. Huge. 
All right, so I'll go on. You mentioned the shortstops. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the Rangers, and I think they're also going to go out and get somebody. But, uh, you know, when we when we switch to the other hand, I know a lot of people want uh, this guy to be brought here. A lot of people don't. Clayton Kershaw, what's your opinion? I mean, he would be here for a rent or basically to help out the younger pitchers. What's your opinion on him? I I, I think, I'm obviously, as long as the arm as long as the Rangers are comfortable with what the medical reports show on the arm, uh, on his elbow or forearm, um, I would absolutely go for that. And I would whine and dine him as much as I possibly can to try to get him here. Uh, if they feel like he can pitch because yes, his presence here would be, I mean, huge for, for a young pitching, a young pitching staff, a young rotation, um, that goes beyond saying, I mean, he's the best pitcher of his generation. He's an all time great on the mound. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff is it's, it's, it's obvious. However, if you are going to pay a guy, you know, 20, $25 million a year, maybe even pushing $30 million a year, I don't think it would cost that much, but 20 or $25 million a year, you need to have some sort of production. You have to have something. You don't need to have a guy here. Who's going to be, unless you sign him unless you just think that, okay, he might have to have surgery and he'll just miss the first year of the contract. And we signed him to a three-year deal. Um, even then I might be a little, little skeptical or, or a little, you know, concerned to want to go into something like that. But, um, if he's healthy, um, and he can give the Rangers 140, 100 for the innings next year, why not? Uh, that's, uh, that's a huge win. Um, and, and, you're not anticipating. And the thing is you don't need Clayton Kershaw to be who Clayton Kershaw was at, at, at his peak. No, you just, you just need him to be, I mean, because when he was healthy last year, he was a darn good pitcher still. Uh, no, he wasn't thrown as hard as he used to, but the guy knows how to pitch. That's the difference. I mean, the guy who's, who's throwing 90 or 91 miles an hour right now, he, I mean, he can pitch. He knows how to mix his pitches. He knows how to go from one side of the plate to the other. He knows, knows how to go up and down. He knows how, I mean, plus he'd be doing that with a really good catching duo in Trevino and Trevino uh, and Heim. So uh, if he's healthy, he would be able to produce and, and be able to pitch very well. Uh, but he'd also be a great mentor. But yeah, you kind of need him to be healthy at the same time. So if the Rangers are doing their due diligence on him, and they feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay with the arm. This is not going to be a, a situation where he has to have Tommy John. Um, then, yeah, go for it. I would, I absolutely think the Rangers should do that. And I think they're strongly considering that. I also think they're doing their homework on them and making sure. Uh, because outside of that, everything else makes sense other than the fact that maybe Kershaw wants to finish his career with one team. But I know legacy, he's said publicly, legacy doesn't really mean that much to him. So maybe he does want to kind of do the Nolan Ryan thing and he, you know, pitches for the Rangers for the last few years of his, uh, of his career. And then he rides off into the sunset. Yeah. That's kind of what he reminded me of when I thought about it was the, uh, the, the Nolan Ryan thing. If he were to come in and finish out here in Texas, you know, it'd be a pretty amazing way to end his career from right, right down the street from where he grew up and where he played high school ball and all that pretty, pretty cool story. But there's a lot, you know, like you said, Okay, I was skeptical at the beginning of the of the when the season ended. I'm starting to believe after listening to the way Chris Young's talking, listening to the way John Daniels is talking, I think they're actually going to spend some money this offseason. I really do. And you know, 
people who say they never do like you and you mentioned that on our podcast and on your website, you know, go back to 2015, 16, you know, when they had one of the highest payrolls in all of baseball trying to win. Uh, I think 23, I think, like you said, they're setting up for 2024, but there's a lot of mid range pitchers. We've talked about Jordan Lyles. We've talked about, you know, of Chris Archer, people like that. Do you think the Rangers get a top notch pitcher and then a couple of middle guys as well? Or do you think they just let these young guys from the minors that they have come up and pitch? Uh, this winter, I'd be kind of surprised if they really, I mean, really went after one of the top pitchers. Uh, maybe if they strike out on all the shortstops or, or, or maybe like they don't get a Castellanos or one of the top outfield bats either, then maybe if they're still, um, a, a top tier starter on the market, then maybe they put all their chips in on that. I don't think that's going to happen. Like I said, I really do think they're going to end up getting one of the shortstops, um, They'll, they'll get an outfield bat as well. I don't know at, at what level if they get a shortstop. Um, I know I predicted it earlier, but I have, I'm now beginning to kind of walk back a little bit on a shortstop plus Castellanos just because that would cost two draft picks. Not that I think the Rangers are afraid of that, but uh, <clears throat> pretty much all of that to say, I think they're going to focus more on offense th- this winter and it, for good reason. Um, they were really bad offensively last year and they need impact in that lineup and they need more than one bat. Uh, even though 2022 is not a season where they're going to be winning, uh, they still need, I mean, they don't need to be having guys like Adolis Garcia and Nathaniel Lowe hitting three and four every night. They need to be hitting closer to what they should be hitting in a lineup. And Adolis Garcia should be hitting sixth or seventh in a lineup. Nathaniel Lowe, Maybe he's a little bit more suited for closer to the top of the line just because he gets on base. Uh, he, he gets on base at a really good clip, and, and there's and he showed a lot of promise near the end of the season that if he starts to hit the ball in the air more often, he's uh, prone to be more of an eight to eight hundred and fifty OPS guy. Uh, and if that's the case, yeah, you definitely want that near the top of the lineup. You want that in the number two or number three hole. Um, but Adolis Garcia probably is not a guy who's gonna be he's not a, he's not a high on base guy he deserve he needs to be hitting sixth in a lineup and so they need to get two bats to put into the middle lineup so they can put him in a more appropriate spot um so that would be beneficial for his growth it's, it'd be beneficial for the rest of the guys who need uh protection around them in the lineup that they, they, they just it's a trickle down effect pretty much and uh when it comes to the rotation I think I think they do bring in one or two starters. I, I think they've they've been clear about that from the beginning. Um, I think the main thing, and this is kind of why I've, I, I was just saying what I said about Kershaw, the guys that they need to bring in need to eat innings because they still have a lot of young guys. So they still need guys. So if they brought back Jordan Lyles, I know that would not excite fans whatsoever. But the fact is that Jordan Lyles pitched 100, over 180 innings and he was one of 16 oh, no. pitchers. He was one of 16 pitchers to pitch 180 innings last year. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers need that. They're not going to be winning next year. So it's not like they're going to be trying to go for a World Series run and, oh, yeah, here, here, our number five starter is Jordan Lyles. Well, then, then yeah, that's the time to criticize. But Jordan Lyles' job is to eat innings. That, that's, that's the bottom line. Take the ball every fifth day and pitch at least six innings for us every time you do. And he pretty much did that almost every single time. So – that's what they would need him to do. It wouldn't cost a lot of money. He would do his job. And then you're able to turn around and sign somebody better the next winter. Um, I'm not saying they're doing that. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that. 
um, just because that's what they need for the rotation right now. I think whenever it comes to addressing the rotation, when it comes to more top tier talent, you're probably going to be seeing that next year, uh, next winter. Um, Noah Sendergaard is going to be a free agent again. And if he proves that he's still got it with the angels this year, I mean, is that the guy you go hard after you try to bring him back home too? I, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I mean, that, that, that to me is, I mean, Jose Barrios is not going to be a free agent now because he just signed an extension with Toronto. Um, so maybe Noah Syndergaard is the guy you go after. I don't know. But uh, I think next winter is probably going to be the year where they focus a little bit more on pitching. And this winter is going to be more on offense. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.